It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble. The first date that I ever had with Dawn, you can imagine that football was obviously a topic of conversation on our first date, but I didn't realize how big of a fan he was. So when he asked me about football, I said, oh yeah, no, I grew up in a football family. I was raised on football. I watch games all the time. But then I admitted that it was that Edmonton team that I was watching all the time. A third down gamble, quick kick. Welcome everyone to Quick Kicks and on the show tonight we've got Pat Mooney and Heath Graham and I hope Santa was good to you. Absolutely. He made it this year so that was a good thing I guess. Yeah he didn't have COVID. Busy guy. (laughs) And speaking of busy, the Canadian Football League. My goodness the signings are coming fast and furious depending on which team you cheer for. You've got a lot to be going, hey, that's great, or are they doing anything yet? Let's talk about those Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So far, Hardrick and blank. Yeah, they've got the least out of any CFL team, Heath. How do you feel about that? Um, a little nervous. It was a good signing today. It was, it was uh, good to see Hardrick back. I think he's a real, real key on the offensive line we kind of talked about in our last segment. And, um, you know, if they can get um, Stanley Bryant back as well on the O-line, I think that's looking good. Um, What I'm hearing is part of the reason they're so slow on the free agent signings is they're trying to renegotiate existing deals with three key players in in Caleros and Willie Jefferson and Adam Big Hill. So I think if they can get some of that worked out with those guys, they'll figure out what money they have and where it's coming from. And you'll see a few more signings here in the next few days. We've already seen some reworked deals in a couple of other cities with star quarterbacks. And uh, like I said, Winnipeg's got three key guys that are a lot of the payroll right now. So if they can work something out, they'll be getting some other names up there on the board. Well, you mentioned um, reworked contracts. I think if I'm right, five quarterbacks have done this. We've got Adams in Montreal. We've got Fajardo in Saskatchewan, Mitchell, Riley. Am I missing somebody? Or maybe I'm adding one too many. But anyway... A lot of these quarterbacks are opening up, saying, okay, we'll move money around so that you have room to sign other players. Of course, CFL working towards the low end of the salary cap this year, and that way they can save roughly a million a team. And, of course, if you've got a fat contract and you move a little, that does help the bottom line for everybody. It does. It would be surprising to see if teams actually, you know, let's say that one of these quarterbacks decides, hey, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> would you release uh, uh, Zach Caleros? Would you release someone else who's out there and hasn't renegotiated at this point? Because right now, what I see is is Winnipeg is really have, have not moved a lot. And then uh, you also see Toronto Organauts haven't really moved a lot yet either. And Ottawa, to be honest. Ottawa's got three extended and two retirements, and that's it. So there's a few teams that are still out there waiting, and I assume, Heath, that you're right. Yeah, I guess one kind of wild card on the board that we talked about before is Mazzoli and Hamilton, right? So if your quarterback isn't willing to negotiate, do you look at what he might come to your city for? Um, He might be somebody that is out there on the board that um, obviously right now he's Hamilton's exclusively to negotiate with, but if you're concerned about what direction you want to go, have a good look at him and see what he can do for your salary cap. That's a great point, Heath. I think uh, some teams are, especially the ones that we haven't mentioned, are definitely looking at that. And Mazzoli is a proven quarterback. And if you don't want to negotiate, I mean, and it's kind of hardball, you got to admit to it, but 
if you don't want to negotiate, he is in the offing. Uh, Saskatchewan signing another quarterback today. What does that say for their situation, especially if you're the backup? When you look at these teams that, that actually have a, a large number of signings, 10 plus or close to 10 anyway, they are the ones that you mentioned earlier, Don. They're the ones whose quarterbacks have renegotiated early, which gives them a bit of a jump on maybe going back and re-signing all the players that they have. So it's a, it's a valid point that Heath brings up. We'll have to see if the others go there. I think if they don't, they're potentially putting their players on their team a bit at risk too. Like, can can you bring those people you want back? And if you look at the riders with renegotiating Fajardo's contract, it's freed up some money. They've got some key guys back already, right? Yeah. They got Evans and Marshall and um, William Powell all back under contract. I don't know how much money that freed up with reworking his deal, but it's got um, some pretty key cogs already uh, that have re-upped with Saskatchewan and ready to go. Well, two on the offensive line as well. But uh, the other thing that uh, I learned about was that uh, Powell, he took a bit of a discount on his contract. So there's some more money technically that's out there if you're the Rough Riders. Uh, Pat, you kind of mentioned that the Argos have been quiet, but in the last couple of days, they have really done a lot they of signings. They have signing. started to move, yeah. And yes, and a lot of them are, are players that you kind of expected that they would do. But uh, some of them, there are a couple, of, obviously, that, you wonder what the Argos are going to do ultimately because there's a couple of veterans out there that they haven't really gone after. We'd mentioned before that they had to, um, you know, work on their offensive line is one of the areas, and and they did get Bladick in, and I think that's a, that's a good signing. When you take a look at them, they've they've split. You know, they've got I think three Americans that they've resigned and and four Nationals. So getting people who they want. I see two offensive linemen. I see two linebackers, or pardon me, three offensive linemen and and two linebackers. So they're looking at some of those core areas which to make sense well and they've also been signing receivers as well which we thought would be a very key ingredient to this whole process so they've got Nichols under contract they don't have to worry about him they're pretty much i guess with mcleod bethel thompson i'm not too sure where he's going to be and maybe he's another fa that could be bounced around in in some circles in terms of discussions there could be a couple people out there we shall see the team that i think has surprised me the most by far is winnipeg it's been quiet but as heath elocuted if they are waiting on these three to come back with uh, an offer or a, a counter offer. That would sort of dictate where the Bombers can go in terms of who they can sign. The more you you have room, of course, the more available you are to picking up some more of your key veterans. And there's a couple other pretty big names out there for Winnipeg too, right? Andrew Harris is sitting as a free agent. Again, it's one of the the downside to winning a championship I think is you've got a lot of players that are expecting a lot of money to, that brought the Great Cup back to Winnipeg it's not a season that I think there's going to be a lot of extra money thrown around you might have some guys that are overestimating their worth maybe a little bit right now and when it gets down to crunch time we're going to see who's got money left and what guys are willing to uh, sign for to get back into the game this year as we've mentioned many times is a year like no other we don't really know what it's going to look like. Unfortunately, there's going to be a few probably long-time veterans that aren't going to get an offer or get a really low-ball offer, and it might be the end of some careers that uh, unfortunately aren't going to go out the way they had hoped. No real swan song when you end up sitting out for a season that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment, and it's, it's going to be tough. Pat and I had discussed this when we started this podcast about when do you want to really dip your toe into the pool if you're a free agent? Do you want to get in early, sign early because the money's available? Or do you want to wait 
and see whose needs now sort of dictate that your your value is going to go up. And I think you're in the same boat right about now because as teams push towards that February deadline, they want to have some certainty. And if you jump in now, you probably get closer to what you want. But if you wait too long, who knows? How much are you willing to gamble on yourself, right? If uh, and, and kind of looking at some of these signings, um, if I'm an offensive lineman that's a free agent right now, I'm probably getting a little bit nervous. There's been a lot of linemen signed already. If you're not getting that look from your team, what's going to be left for you out there? Except, again, the, the, the all-stars maybe are holding on because there, there's a lot of teams with need on offensive line, which we highlighted in our last podcast. And, uh, you know, if you're looking to get a contract and your team's coming at you saying you need to take a 20% reduction, there may be opportunities for some of these, the, the high-end guys at least, to wait it out and see if they can bring home something more when free agency opens up yeah you're right that might be a stanley bryant situation right Mm -hmm. championship all-star lineman sitting there waiting for an offer and i I don't know what winnipeg's throwing his way but again if he wants to gamble on his on himself and see who's willing to pay big free agent money for a for a super solid offensive lineman he could look to get paid well i think if you're an american and you're at left tackle that's where you make your money because more or less the teams want to have a Canadian core in that offensive line and they need somebody to protect the quarterback's blind side. And that's where the guys that are the best play. If you're going to be somebody that wants to wait it out, there's your one opportunity, I think, as a positional. Absolutely, Don. I think that to me makes a lot of sense if you're going to wait. I think, you know, some of the Canadians that are at the top of their game or coming into their prime though they may choose to wait some of them we talked about before if you're from saskatchewan and you want to come back to saskatchewan maybe they wait and see if they can pick up a contract or in winnipeg or and if they're strong this gives them the opportunity to do that for proper physical distancing if you're close enough to shake hands you're too close The recommended distance in CFL terms is two yards. Don't get a no yards penalty. Don, the other team that surprised me, I guess, when we talk about teams not being that active, Winnipeg certainly is the least active, but Ottawa Red Blacks, with only three players being extended, they've had two retirements, um, Caleb Johnson on the O-line and Michael Clausen both retired. So they're sitting with three, and it makes me wonder... Are they going to be potentially looking at a, a, another quarterback situation? Are they going with who they have? I think Ottawa has pretty much, they've had a year and a half now to work with Arbuckle. I don't think that they're going to back away from that. They may want some veteran uh, backup in place, and that could be the, the one thing they're thinking about. But if you're a team that finishes last overall in the CFL, how many of that talent pool do you want to come back and play for you? You've got to think that Ottawa, if they're sincere about getting better, which they clearly are, are going to make wholesale changes because what they had before was not getting the job done. You can't do it completely, but you can do it up to a certain percentage, whether that's 30, 40, whatever. And they certainly have a lot of players out there. They're one of the the largest numbers, and and it's a valid point you bring up, Don. Uh, How many do you want back? But at the same point, if you've invested time in some of them that are developing, there are certainly some key people that you may want back. And and potentially, if Arbuckle is not taking the cut and pay, if he's looking to be paid moving up now that I'm, you know, the confirmed starter, maybe that's causing the problem and why they aren't having a lot of action. I don't know. I don't think... Arbuckle is getting the kind of starting money that 
even Fajardo would have been getting. So I don't think it's a question of they have to find room within the cap to to get people. I really do believe that Ottawa has room. They just got to decide what path they want to take. They may be a really interesting one to watch. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the names of the three that they have signed, and none of those guys really jump out at me as a must-have either. They've got a uh, one receiver, one fullback, and one defensive back. But, I mean, none of those guys, in my mind, are elite CFL players. So they've got a lot of work to do. And um, it will be interesting to see, are they a team that's going to wait and see what falls through the cracks with the other teams, uh, as opposed to trying to pick up what they've got on the roster already? Truthfully, given the the volume that's out there, I don't think you have a situation of people falling through the cracks. I just don't think that there's enough room to sign everybody. So there's going to be a lot of people available come free agency. And I think Ottawa will certainly take that opportunity. The other thing too is that they're obviously doing some scouting right now and they're looking at American college players that are coming available. And some of them are not going to be considered by the NFL and they know it. But if they want to pursue football, this is the way to go. If you are Ottawa, you can you can go to a player and say, look, you got a legit chance at starting for us. This isn't a situation when you're riding the pine. If you perform well, you've got a chance to start. And that's a huge carrot. Absolutely. All the players only have a limited window. We've talked about that numerous times on the podcast. So if you get an opportunity to go to a team and make an impact or, or be on the roster rather than just, you know, on the practice roster for a year or two before you see playing time, that's enticing. And you're right. I think with what's kind of happened in college football this year, there's going to be a lot of unknowns there too, right? In any given year, there's a lot of players that don't get the look from the NFL, but now you've got conferences that have been kind of a disaster and you've got games that have been canceled and um, things that, you know, games that didn't happen at all. There's a lot of, a lot of question marks out there. And I think it's going to be a real big year for the scouts that are watching those kinds of things and seeing what kind of talent they can pick up. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few players really not on anybody's radar and, and, and could come in and really surprise people. Cam- Cameron Waite type of player, right? Pick up uh, the diamond in the rough that, uh, you know, in, in their junior year, they were just starting to come on, but no one was really looking too hard and they didn't play in senior year. There are bound to be some players like that out there, Heath. Yeah. And Heath, I agree with you. Look at what the Riders did. They signed Mason Fine, a North Texas University quarterback, to a three-year deal. Now that's an investment. That's just not a come up to camp and... We'll take a look at you. That there is a something saying to that scouting bureau that hey, this guy's worth it. Let's get him. Yeah, for sure. They're looking at those tools of what a CFL quarterback needs to be, and and he's a guy from a smaller school that maybe a lot of people haven't had that strong look at. So it'll be kind of interesting to see see how he develops. And uh, I mean, they've got a young starting quarterback already, so who knows how this is all going to play out? But yeah, you're right. A three year deal for a, a really untested guy as a quarterback is is really virtually unheard of. Calgary, another team that's starting to sign players now. They seem to have decided where they want to go, and you're starting to see the names come off the list, Josh Huff being one of them uh, lately. They, I think the Stampeders are going to retool their defense. There's no doubt about it. And we had talked a little bit about some players that had signed as FAs prior to the 2020 season and never really got a chance. Well, here's maybe somebody will say, well, come on back to us because we know your your skill set. We need you now. 
Yeah, when I take a look at who they're signing, they're, they're signing a lot of Americans right now. So these are maybe people that were on the practice roster. I mean, certainly recognize some of the names, but uh, they've got the receiving cord. Like you said, got uh, Ambles back in, Huff, uh, both outstanding receivers that are going to help keep that core extremely strong on offense. You bring back a running back as the only national on the team. I, I think they're doing due diligence. They like to build from within, and I think you'll see them continue that process. One thing that's kind of interesting to me with Calgary is they've been really heavy on the defensive backs that they've signed already, too. They've got three guys off the board that I saw in uh, Richard Leonard and and Moxie and Raheem Wilson. And traditionally, in my mind, DBs are kind of some of those last guys that you sign, right? Um, Unless you've got the the real ball hawk guy that's going to get you 10 interceptions and lots of return yards and things like that. But the, the speedy guys that don't have the hands to play receiver seem to be pretty available. So I'm a little bit surprised that they've gone that quickly to get a bunch of DBs under contract. Calgary last year, or two years ago now, this is so weird to say, it was their the lack of pass rush. And I think really that's where they're going to start to push in terms of free agency. Absolutely. That uh, makes sense to me. I, I, I guess let's switch down the road across to Edmonton. The Edmonton football team has been also very active uh, any any standouts for you? 14 extended, one retired out of Edmonton. Any any names that you found, pickups that needed to be done for the Edmonton football team? Oh, Boateng, number one. Agreed. By far. You've got to have somebody like that uh, anchoring that that line. So, Kwaku Boateng, that was, uh, that was a no-brainer in my books. And then you can sort of... Uh, Tommy Dram played f- pretty well for them, so I thought that was a pretty good... CFL players all wear a face mask for safety. With COVID-19 on our field, we also need to wear our masks to keep everyone safe. Do your part. Be a team player. It's a new regime in Edmonton, too. We, we tend to forget that. Milanovic hasn't had a chance to put his stamp on that team. Yeah, and Edmonton has um, shored up a little bit of their offensive line here as well. They've got a couple guys off the board. Your Eric Lofton and uh, Jean-Simon Roy. But um, that was kind of about it for me, too. There wasn't really a lot of other ones that jumped out with Edmonton. Um, now a team, I'm going to go way across the map here, but a team that's been quite busy as well was Montreal. They've, they've signed a lot of different people there. The most, 15 extended. As you mentioned earlier, Don, after resigning Adams, I think they've been able to go out and start picking people up. And uh, I was impressed with who they got. I mean, you're, you've picked up some offensive line. You've, you've kept your defense strong. They've locked up... Eugene Lewis, uh, a core wide receiver for them. So I, I think it's been interesting. And, and to get Matthew Schultz as a strong, capable backup as well, I think they've done a good job. Yeah, it looks like they've got a lot of weapons there on offense. They've got, uh, they also re-signed Roosevelt and Absher and Alford. So they got a receiving core ready to catch some passes. So that's going to be an exciting uh, team on offense, I think, to watch this year. We know they've got a star quarterback already and they're putting the pieces together to to put some points on the board. One of the key people that's still off the board in Montreal is Moamba. Anok Moamba is, I thought, one of the team leaders and certainly a team captain on defense. And is it a case of dollars again, or is it a case of that, hey, we're just, we got to fit the right pieces together? I don't know. I can't think that Moamba is actually going to make it as far as free agency. I just don't see it because he's such a cog in that Montreal Alouette locker room. A starting Canadian linebacker who you, you, you're going to command a lot of attention if if Montreal doesn't feel they can afford to pay him. Yeah, you're right. And like you said, they've signed a lot of guys already, so they might be getting a little bit nervous on what they've got left for him. So personally, I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up somewhere else. Like Pat said, he might be the, the asking price might be a little bit high for him right now. 
He might be a last minute deal before free agency opens up for the entire league, or he might take a good look around before he ends up somewhere. When they unveiled their new look and, and they had all of that promo, he was front and center. And I, it was either him or, or Vernon Adams was always the face of the franchise and with new ownership and, and a same coach, but a new GM you can tell by the signings that there are a lot of players that want to come back. They were onto something. They were probably the most exciting team to watch in 2019. And uh, if you bring that core back together, watch out in 2021. Yeah, you could just see the experience as they went through the year. I mean, at the beginning of the year, they maybe weren't as solid, but as, as the momentum of the year went on and on, they were an exciting team to watch. I, I'd have to say my favorite team almost to watch in terms of the excitement on offense and the ability to move downfield quickly. They're going to be talented if they can continue to keep that core defense together as well. How many times did they pull it out of the fire in the fourth quarter against Winnipeg in Calgary? You can just go on and on. They were so much fun and you just couldn't turn off the TV because here they come. <laughs> yep. For anybody wagering out there, I would say a Montreal-Hamilton game, take the over. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait. <laughs> Question. Do you think that when they get back to playing, is it going to be the offense ahead of the defense or the defense ahead of the offense? And does that sort of take care of your thinking a little bit in terms of what you think your priorities are? I think it has to, depending on what you feel you need to shore up from the year previous or that you're going to continue to build around. For, for each team, it's going to be different, I believe. Some people, I think, uh, when they start the year, most people lean towards the defense tends to dominate. But these are professionals at the same point, And you've got some guys who played together. And if you're able to bring back the core people, I, despite missing a year, I think that they're not going to miss a beat. Yeah, I think there's going to be some teams out of the gate putting some points on the board. I think if you've got some of that continuity back on offense, it's going to take some defenses a while to really gel. Like I said, I think Montreal is, is going to put points on the board in a hurry in a lot of games. I think they're kind of my uh, my pick out of the East right now, looking at who's re-signed. I mean, a lot's going to happen uh, between now and the start of the season, but um, I'm pretty excited about Montreal and uh, and all offense there. Now you look at what happened in the playoffs in 2019, and obviously it was Winnipeg's defense that carried the day. They averaged 13 points given up in three playoff games. That was what won them the championship. And and if they get some of that uh, that key defense back together that's uh that's going to be a tough team to score points against it's it's really hard to say who's going to have the advantage at the start of the season right now i'm kind of leaning towards offense but there could be some 17 13 games out there too you never know there are going to be teams like hamilton who have done a lot to bring their core back together the only one that really sits out there in my books is of course brandon banks i don't know if uh, well i guess you could argue simone lawrence too but but so one on each side. I mean, Simone Lawrence is kind of one of those, again, emotional leaders. Uh, Speedy B, he's seven points a game. Take a look at, at who Hamilton's re-signed. To me, it looks like they're moving back to the national running back to get Thomas Erlington in there. And I think they also picked up Bennett Jackson once again. Um, Don Jackson is the American running back. So they've they brought that core of running back and that... That is also important to free up those receivers. You have to have a running game so that people are going to stay tight to the box so they can open up it if they go after Ackland and, and Banks and some of the receivers that they still have outstanding. Yeah, I would be very surprised if Banks doesn't end up back in Hamilton. I think we kind of talked about that before when we were looking at who was hitting the free agent market, right? And um, you talk about a face of a franchise 
Banks is it in Hamilton right now. As much as you've got a, a budding young quarterback and you've got Simone Lawrence on defense, I think it's really Banks's team. So um, that's a guy that I think is is worth the money and worth shoring up here right away and, and not letting him take a look around. They've extended the contract of the head coach. Steinauer is your guy and he got you 15 wins. I mean, I might be tempted to take a little bit of a discount to be a part of that because I may make that up in, in playoff and Grey Cup bonuses. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, they, they left something out there. To me, they, they throughout the course of the year were one of the best teams consistently and, and to fizzle a bit in the playoffs, um, I think they're going to want to have a chance to get back together as long as the team wants them back. Most of those players, I believe, will resign and they'll take a run at it. We go through January, that uh, board is going to change dramatically as teams really assess that, hey, we've got to spend to make. Yeah, and you're seeing that now. It's been a really busy last couple of days. You know, there was a a few quick signings out of the gate and then a real lull, but uh, things are picking up now and it's going to be um, fast and furious here over the next couple of weeks for sure. I think we're really going to get a good look at what teams are going to look like. There's always the puzzle pieces to fit in at the end, but your your core is coming together and you're going to see what everybody's uh, bringing to the table. Yep, there's lots of uh, lots of news to keep watching and, and uh, this is why we love the CFL. You're never sure who's going to go where and uh, there's an opportunity for people to move around. Uh, I'm excited to see, you know, are our kickers going to all return to the same team? You talked about that. There's three quality kickers out there. You know, are they going to be back where they are? And uh, it remains to be seen. Uh, what are GMs taking a look at with a year without film, with a year without playing? Uh, which guys are you going to decide are no longer in your plans and move on without them? Or with their salaries, price themselves out of a job and might have to move on to another team? There's no money where you are. What makes you think there's going to be more money where you go? I think in many cases, though, Don, it's not even about that. It's about saying, this is what I think my money is worth. And if the team says, no, it's not, go look elsewhere. Well, then then you play for what you're going to play with. Yeah, and I think there's some key guys that we kind of talked about before that had previously signed as a free agent with a new team, got a season canceled and have not played there yet. Craig Rowe was one that stood out to me that left Winnipeg for Toronto, right? He's still on the board. Is, uh, is Toronto giving him that offer or, or is he going to be looking back at what uh, what he had in Winnipeg and want to get a, a piece of that again. If there's anyone else that I can think of that I'm stunned that they're not signed yet is Brian Burnham. Yeah, for sure. If you want clutch, that's him. Yeah, and they've already got, uh, they re-signed Rhymes, so they've got one piece of the receiving puzzle back, and, and Burnham's the next logical one that should be throwing his name on a contract here right away. And you also wonder if the teams are spacing these out. You know, if they have had conversations, maybe they've got a bit of a verbal agreement, but they're waiting for a little bit. Someone's, you know, away or busy. It's good for a team to not have all the signings at once. It keeps people interested in following along what's going on too. Very true. But if you're being COVID safe, you're not going anywhere. So I imagine these guys are pretty close to their computers and their phones. Well, at least uh, in Canada where some of the uh, restrictions are in place, but I I don't know if that's always the case in the U.S. Hard to say. Go off topic just for a second. The uh, Schooners saying they want to start playing in 2022. Wow. Please. (laughs) Fingers crossed on that one. That's that's fantastic news if that comes to fruition. Absolutely agreed. Uh, I think it would be great to put some money into the stadium out there in in the next year. It would be a great opportunity to put some uh, provincial funds in into building and get things going again and uh, let's hope the schooners are there 2022 seems optimistic after what's been going on but boy would that create some excitement for our league and we wouldn't have to have this conversations about scheduling a nine-team league yeah i think we're done with those 
Okay, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Vaccine aside, hopefully we are back in the stadiums. So Happy New Year, everybody. Sounds great. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio. Worth watching. For 107 years, every Grey Cup moment has included you, the fan. This is your league. Through fog and rain, in tragedy and triumph, you are the foundation of this league. Now take your place in history. Etch your name on the Grey Cup fan base. Become a part of the Grey Cup's legacy. Add your name and raise the cup.